0: Hi, this is Jesslyn Etchell and I'm chatting with some of my favorite women in a series called Wildish Wise Women, Conversations with Everyday Goddesses. It's my passion to connect women and remind us that supporting one another is our greatest strength. These discussions are an extension of the in-person women's circles I lead in the Bay Area and will explore a variety of topics. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm so excited to be talking today with Jessica Rodriguez. She is a mother, a songwriter, a dancer, yoga teacher, and a cook. She started doing yoga more than 10 years ago, just casually, when she lived in Baltimore City. It wasn't until she moved to San Diego in 2006 that she got more serious about her practice. She began practicing almost every day and saw that yoga brought her back home to herself. She knew that one day she'd become a yoga teacher. In 2011, she completed her 200-hour teacher training and has since taken prenatal teacher training and also completed yoga for a happy back. She loves being of service to her community and teaching from the heart. She's also started leading workshops and just finished her first sold-out retreat, and she's getting ready to lead another one. Welcome, Jessica. So happy to have you. Well, I just want us to settle in, um, just coming into this space together, and anyone who's listening can join, just by taking a couple deep breaths. So an inhale through the nose, and exhale out the mouth. It's taking a moment to arrive to this space. Mm. May each woman who needs the wisdom of this call find her way here. May we speak from the heart and create a wave of peace that radiates out on a global level. May each woman remember her sacred nature and feel the value of her presence in this world. Jessica, what's your favorite thing about being a woman? Well,
1: um, that's a good question. I, I I'm pretty feminine, I'd say, and I I think that there is a privilege of being a woman in that you can be flamboyant and wear any color you want, or you can dress ma- in a masculine way or a feminine way. And I don't think people will be as a judgmental. I think men who want to be more flamboyant and out there can do it, and many do. But there's there's definitely going to be some people that you know will judge them or try to make assumptions about them. And I don't know if we have that same issue as much, you know, so I do. I love being a woman. I love being nurturing as well and caring for people. And I think anyone can be that way. But as a woman, it feels very natural to me.
0: Well, Jessica's going to talk to us today about creating community and the abundance mindset. So I'd love to start by you just telling a little bit more about your journey in creating a business out of your yoga teaching practice, and how that sort of unfolded for you.
1: Great. Well, I um I, I would say that I've I've received so much in my journey as a yoga teacher, and a, and really every step of the way, um, a big part of that journey and a big part of me moving forward has been connecting with people in the community, other yoga teachers, um, making building relationships with people who are similar in a similar field or like minded, and the way that they have lifted me up and helped me along the way. And I want to do the same for others. So I don't think I'd be where I was today if I didn't have some great mentors and friends who were always happy to share opportunities with me or suggest me or recommend me or just lift my spirits and help me build my confidence and remind me that I am enough and that I have enough.
0: I know you also have, have sort of balanced your mom duties with your yoga business as well. How does that come into play?
1: Well, I've, I've never not been a mother and a yoga teacher. So when I did my first training, I, um, I was already a mother. My son was nine months old and my husband was wonderful and supportive and really took on you know taking care of him completely um, on the weekends that I would be doing my training. So he really helped a lot and I brought my pump with me and you know did what I had to do and, and got through the training. Sometimes he would come meet me with my son so I could see him and I could breastfeed him. And, you know, so that helped a lot. But I also knew that it would be a slower process and a longer process because I didn't want to take away from my time with him and eventually with them because now I have two boys. And I've decided, you know, right in the beginning to really not have any expectations and not push anything and just go with the flow and let things fall into place. And of course, it doesn't mean I didn't do any work. I've worked very hard, but I've tried not to force things. I've tried not to let myself get caught up in too much of a struggle. If things aren't working, I try to focus on what works. And as a mother who's trying to build a career, you kind of have to be efficient like that. You can't waste your time on something that's not working and trying to force it to happen. You really need to focus on what works well and and what's falling into place and and keep going in that direction. So I could say that I felt very in tune with that and and things have really blossomed naturally. And it's taken many, many years to be where I am now. But but I feel like it's taken the right amount of time. I don't feel like it's too slow or anything like that. It's just the way it's supposed to be.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And it's funny, I remember once seeing your boys and your husband at Balboa Park while you were teaching. It was a funny thing because I'd never met him before, but I'm like, oh, I know those boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know <Yes>. those children. <laughs> yes. so, and, and what a beautiful thing for him to get to cultivate that individual relationship with the kids while you were doing your thing, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he's a great father, a great partner. And I definitely just a part of that abundance. You know, that's a big, he's a part of that too, because he's just always uplifted me and supported me and, and didn't let me um, feel insecure or doubt myself. So it's, that's, you know, I'm very, very thankful and grateful to have him as my partner in life.
0: Awesome. So the part about community, talk a little bit more about why that's so important and, and why it's unique to women, I think. Um, I mean, obviously not because your husband, but there, there's something about women in community that's super special and I think comes into play here.
1: Yeah, I think naturally women tend to be more social and outgoing. We tend to want to vocalize our whatever we're feeling inside and have someone to talk to about it and express it. And you know, I think in the, the current modern typical business world, it's not really like that. It's very like you can't show who you really are. You have to have this professional, mask on and you're just serious, almost like a robot and efficient and, you know, but make good choices or whatever, you know, that is. But I think with women, it doesn't have to be that way. I've had business meetings with women where one has her baby and she's breastfeeding in the middle of the meeting. And I think that's wonderful and totally okay. And I've had meetings where sometimes we get all a little emotional and, and we start crying and we hug and that's also okay. I don't think that it has to be so dry and so, um, serious and without it's, without taking it seriously, you are still taking it
0: seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Just being in the flow of what life is offering.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I think that in business, it also doesn't have to be competitive. I don't think you have to push people away, you know, to, to move forward. I think that people can uplift each other and support each other and share the abundance that exists in our community, So, you know, another yoga teacher who wants to lead retreats or something like that, I would love, I'm happy to help them and inspire them and guide them if they need it, if they want it from me, so that they can blossom in their careers. And I don't think that helping them do that would take away from my own possibilities or options or opportunities.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's that abundance mindset is that there's plenty to go around for everyone. And and the way you do that is create a community that holds you up and gives you those opportunities. So I know that you had the experience of being in more of a competitive, not quite so uplifting environment in the past and, and sort of what was your experience and how did it shape the way that you decided to do things differently?
1: Well, yeah, I used to work, I've worked in a lot of different jobs. What brought me to California actually was working in TV production. And in some ways it was competitive, but it was really just very cutthroat. I used to imagine that we were a reality show and who was going to get sent home the next week, you know, and it was just who was going to survive to the end. It was tough. It was a lot of pressure, a lot of money involved. And when there's a lot of money, people put a lot of pressure on you to get things right. And while I did build some beautiful relationships, um, I also had some challenges and You know, and then after that, I worked in retail, which, and I worked for commission. So working for commission is very competitive because everyone wants that customer to buy from them so that they can get their commission. And it just brought out the worst in people. When someone had a great day or got a great sale, instead of being happy for your coworker, coworkers would be kind of upset and kind of jealous and telling them, oh, you've made enough money, go home. You know, just having this negative attitude instead of just helping each other out, uplifting each other and, you know, knowing I feel that you could gain so much more by working together. I mean, some, for example, in retail, there might be a customer that's a better fit for a a, a different employee. You know, I might not be the best person to help that customer. So, you know, why should I be afraid to suggest, hey, you might work better with this person than with me and they can really help you with what you're looking for. And, you know, I don't think that's going to take away from my opportunities. I think that if we all shared in that, then we would do the same for each other. So, and, and the customer would have, the greatest benefit because they would be paired with the person who could best help them. And in yoga, you know, there's going to be people who don't like you and people who love you. And I I always tell myself my students will find me and I'll find my students. And I have to trust in that. And another yoga teacher teaching the same type of class that I'm teaching can't take away from that because there's only me. There's only one me and the people that I connect with are the people that I connect with. And if they don't connect with me, I would love to find someone that they can better connect with and help them in that path as well
0: oh that's amazing well and if you've never taken one of jessica's classes i have famously said famous in my own words are famous um that it's like getting a big hug yeah i love your classes is so nourishing and so wonderful i love
1: that quote actually that's a wonderful thing i i I consider it famous as well (laughs) okay good
0: (laughs) because that's how i would always feel i'd leave your class and go man she just gave me like a giant hug in the form of a yoga class (laughs) i think
1: that's kind of who i am and you know, I, I've always grown up being told I'm too nice, I'm too sensitive, I'm too um, kind and, you know, I need to protect myself. And for a while I tried to do that. I tried to be more tough and not be so nice and so giving and it just was not natural for me. And maybe that's part of why I embrace yoga so much because it brought me back to that. Actually, it's okay to be giving and kind and it's more learning how to be giving while still having boundaries and not depleting myself in the process. And once I found that balance, I'm really not afraid to be the giving person I want to be and be kind to people. And yeah, some people may take too much, but most people don't. Not only do they not take too much, but they give back. And and I'd say that I'm way happier this way than I was trying to block that part of me, for sure
0: yeah that's great because it it doesn't feel good to go against your true nature but when you get told time and time again that it's not it's not the right way then I think yeah we all go through that phase of like okay well maybe I should fit what the mold is (laughs) so I I know that it happens in the yoga community and it always kind of saddens me when it does but just because you know yogis hopefully are 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 embracing this abundance and this community and all this but I know that that's not always the case so Maybe you haven't come up against it much, but if you have experienced in a, any of this doubt from other people or competitiveness amongst the yoga community, is there a way that you found to um, to help kind of deal with it and stay true to your, your main purpose?
1: Well, yes. And I haven't, luckily, I really haven't experienced anyone that I've noticed anyway. <laughs> you <Yeah>, know, purpose <laughs> to bring me down or something. And I don't yeah. know if there are people, sometimes I've sensed a little bit of an energy and it's a big part of my own personal journey because I do, you know, I I can be very sensitive and I can take things personally. And for me, it's, I have to remember and remind myself constantly that this has nothing to do with me. This has to do with people's own fears and their own insecurities. And I'm just, I'm just probably the closest thing to them or the thing that they, that comes to their head and I can't let it get to me. I can't, I can't grab onto that energy that they're trying to get into me, I guess you can say. And I'm mistake of getting caught up in it. And and totally, it never ends well. So I just have to breathe it out and keep going. What were you going to say? Sorry.
0: Oh, no, I was just saying I, I agree. I think that's wonderful. And it's not easy. But it also goes back to what you were saying about creating boundaries, just because you're nice and giving doesn't mean that you're going to let people walk all over you.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I will stand up for myself. And I, I will, you know, I, I can be pretty open and honest. I'm, I'm trying to always be pretty direct and straightforward when I have a problem and the balance is that with that is being diplomatic at the same time because I tend to just say it like it is and some people who are more sensitive might not take it the way that I intend it to be taken and I have to remember that that even though I'm my intention is is one thing someone else's perception is totally different and I have to always have that consciousness and you know I'm constantly in my own journey I know I guide I help I, I see myself as a teacher as walking a alongside others at, for part of their journey, whatever part they want to be, they want me for. But I'm on my own journey too. And so I'm yoga as a teacher and as a student. It's, it's, I'm constantly growing. I hope, I hope I don't get stuck and I'm, I'm hopefully constantly moving forward and learning new things about myself and about the world. So.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful journey. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about your um, retreats. You just launched, you're calling them staycation retreats. Talk a little bit about the process and, and why it's sort of unique in the way you decided to deliver it.
1: Yes. Well, the staycation yoga retreat is something I came up with because I do, I really wanted to lead a retreat, but it was, I had some challenges with my two young boys and my husband working his own full-time job leaving, you know, for a long weekend or a week was really difficult and just wasn't, didn't feel doable to me. and. So I, I had some really good guidance with, I know someone who you recently interviewed as well, um, Rock Your Yoga Retreat, and they really helped me um, along the way. And it started by just suggesting I ask my students what they want. And so I found out that most of my students are like me. They have young children and they're not able to leave town for a long time. And and I'm you know noticing in San Diego, I'm always out and about in San Diego. There's so much to do here. We have so much to offer in this city. So why not have a staycation yoga retreat, have a one-day retreat that people can go to. It's very affordable. My goal is to always have it be under $100 for at least the early bird rate and, and celebrate what, what we have right here in our own backyard. So each um, my long-term goal is to do this four times a year and in a different location with a different theme. So I have my last one was at Keys Creek Lavender Farm in Valley Center, which was about an hour away. The next one is going to be in Alpine, and that's on April 23rd. And then I have one scheduled that's going to be in San Diego, in Point Loma, on in October. So, and then I'll have hopefully a fourth one will come into play some sometime down the line. And uh, it's just really celebrating what we have to offer here. And then I'm also adding my swag bag to my station yoga retreat. And doing this, I am getting small local businesses to. To contribute a coupon or a free sample from their business and it's going to go in the swag bag and everyone who attends the retreat will get this swag bag. So they will also be connecting with local businesses that they might not have known about. And we do have a thriving local business community and a lot of, I've met a lot of really great people who share that, that passion for abundance and tuning into the abundance and community that I have and are really excited to work with me and for us to work together and, and share the love and spread the love in San Diego.
0: Wow, that's so cool. And it's so true that, I mean, folks that live in San Diego, I mean, I've never been to the lavender farm. And I don't think I've been to the place in Alpine. And I, you know, I'm a native San Diegan. So I know there's so much to offer that a lot of people probably have never even checked out.
1: yeah exactly yeah I didn't even know about the lavender farm and a friend of mine told me about it and it was the perfect location it's absolutely gorgeous so I'm constantly looking for new locations and just bringing people together and I think I was surprised at how many different people signed up for the retreat people from some people had children some didn't they were from all walks of life And it just tells me that this is something that the community really needs. You know, we need to have this one day retreat feel without having to leave town. Not that, I mean, the retreats where you leave town for a week are amazing and magical and wonderful. And I encourage anyone who can to do it. But I also want to have something for those who are not able to do that.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if it'll launch before, if this podcast will launch before your April 23rd retreat. But if it does, I'd encourage people to sign up. If it doesn't, we'll make sure you get um link to Jessica if you're local or if you want to go to San Diego to have a staycation retreat San Diego is a wonderful destination if you're coming from somewhere else <laughs> Yeah,
1: uh, I think there was just an article saying that San Diego is one of the top U.S. Um, vacation spots. So,
0: yeah, I would not be surprised. I, I had often said we're so lucky to live someplace where people go for vacation. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I miss you guys down there, especially your your warm hug yoga classes. <laughs>
1: I see too, absolutely. So.
0: Well, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about your business and and your your mindset that you'd like to share?
1: Um, I don't know. There's nothing that comes to mind. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, you know, just keep working and keep moving forward and and teaching yoga and learning just as much more than I teach, I think.
0: So isn't that wonderful when you are always learning on the path as well. That's my favorite part of this whole thing. (laughs) Well, I just have a couple questions for you that are unrelated. What's one book that changed your life?
1: Um, Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Miss. And I read it during my first teacher training and I couldn't put it down. And it talked a lot about energy and the chakras. And it definitely, it, it really helped me bring that connection to psychology and biology and, uh, and how, you know, things that are going on in your head can manifest themselves in a physical way.
0: So yeah, that's she's that. amazing. That is a great read. I love it. Yeah. What's your favorite yoga pose? Um,.
1: I would say pigeon pose. And I say that because it used to be my least favorite yoga pose, but I will always remember the first time I did it. It's such a powerful pose. Um, I think when you're new to yoga and you do pigeon pose, you feel it, it can be extremely intense. I remember feeling it in my hips, feeling this energy, feeling something I'd never felt before. And I was thinking, when can I get out of this pose? <laughs> it got better, and I got to, I started to not fear that energy because at first it's so strong, but really that's just whatever I was holding onto in my hips that was just coming out. And it was scary at first because it was something I didn't know or recognize. And, but it really. To me, it exemplifies what we're striving for in yoga is just um, connecting with those subtle energies of the body and connecting with our hearts, with our minds, and with our physical bodies in a different way. So I would say the pigeon pose is, is my top pose.
0: Mm, I'm a fan too. <laughs> well, you are famous for having themes and, and like really weaving in a wonderful way all of that into your class, which often includes sharing quotes. Do you have a favorite quote or one that's just kind of floating around in your? brain right now
1: yeah well there is one quote that i always end my class with and it's from the radiant sutras which was um it's sanskrit poems that were translated by lauren roche and i always end my class with the light that you see by is the light that comes from inside and that's part of one of the poems from that book
0: well thank you for being that light and for for doing all the work that you do in the community and just for being you my pleasure to speak with you and to know you as a friend.
1: Yes, you too, Jocelyn. So good to talk to you and I miss you. Thank you. Love you. Love you too.